welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crescent Podcast with your host, Leanne Lindsay. And today is such a fun, cold, windy day outside. I'm just home all bundled up in my scarf with my fireplace YouTube video going on in the background. And I'm so excited to bring you today's episode, which is on essentially all of the most impactful things that I did in 2020. So if someone were to ask me, what were the most beneficial or what were the most impactful habits that you picked up during 2020? This is the answer to that question. And I'll start by saying there were so many things I could put on this list and in this podcast episode because there were a lot of things that I implemented last year, but I really tried to hone it in into the top six or seven things. And so to start... Leading into 2020 from 2019, I knew that I really needed to get control of my time. Uh, At the time, I was doing a lot of freelance social media management, blog writing, marketing, and I was finding it really, really hard to stay focused and stay on topic because my phone was just constantly dinging with some kind of notification. And so going into 2020, I made the commitment to turn off all of my notifications. And I'm going to clarify this a little bit because it doesn't mean that my phone never rings when someone calls, but you know how I'll, I'll speak for Apple phones because that's what I have. But on the Apple iPhone, when you get a text or when you get a message on Instagram or a social media or an email, Oftentimes it will pop up on your lock screen and you'll even see a preview of what the text was or the notification was or the email. And I just got to a point where every time my phone would make a noise, I'd check it to see what it was. But then even if in that moment I didn't actually want to engage with whatever that was, having read the message, it was like I couldn't get it out of my head. I had to respond and sort of clear it out. And so what I did was I turned off all lock screen notifications so that there's no messages popping up on my lock screen. And then the other thing I did with this is I turned off all sound and lock screen notifications for every app on my phone. The only type of notification that I left on for apps is that if there is some kind of notification, you'll get the little red circle over the app that shows you the number of notifications you have for that app. But now I don't get any sound notifications and I don't get any lock screen notifications. So it dramatically, dramatically reduced the amount of time that I was on my phone. And it really allowed me to be able to sit down at my desk and 
work uninterrupted (laughs) without having all of these things constantly dinging and begging for my attention. So now the only time I will get a sound notification is if someone is calling me or I received a text message. But still, I want to reiterate that even though I'm getting a sound notification for my text messages, there's nothing popping up on my lock screen. So I don't know who it's from. I don't know what it says. And that really, really helps me stay focused. It was just getting to a point where it's like there's this constant noise. You feel all these different things constantly vying for your attention. And even though I was, I'm pretty good at being focused and sitting down and working through a task, it just was too much. And so finally, at the beginning of 2020, I just said, enough is enough. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to try this out. And honestly, from the moment I implemented it, I have not looked back for a second. I feel like I gained back so much of my time, so much of my energy, because even just the energy it takes to choose not to check all those notifications takes up time in your brain and takes energy away from you. So that was actually by far one of the most impactful things that I implemented in 2020. And then kind of in tandem with that is I gave myself the freedom to not be on social media over the weekends. I wasn't quite at a point where I was able to maybe set a certain time limit for each day. I'm not quite there yet. But I committed to leaving my weekends free from social media. And it was just a really nice reprieve from everything. I could leave my phone in the bedroom all day Saturday and not even feel the need to go on it. I know it can sound so silly to many of us, but especially in this sort of time we're in where it's almost expected that you document every moment of your life on social media, it was really freeing to just say, hey, no, it's okay. It's okay for me to go out and have a beautiful weekend and no one else needs to know about it except for me and the people that I was actively spending time with or communicating with. And similar to the notifications, it really just gave me more stillness. It gave me more time, more energy, more focus, more presence in whatever I was doing over the weekends and really, really helped me recharge for the week to come. I'm not saying this or anything else I mentioned in this episode are things everyone needs to be doing, but The goal is just to share what I found really impactful for me and then maybe it encourages you to try it out. Maybe you try it out and you found it incredibly impactful as well. If so, amazing. Maybe you try it out and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if this really works for me. Maybe I'll try a different variation of it. So we're all here to just find what works best for our unique being. And I just hope that sharing my experiences my sort of epiphanies and revelations can help you along your journey. So the third thing that I found to be incredibly impactful for me last year was getting sunshine first thing in the morning. And I talk about this a lot on my Instagram because there are so, so, so many benefits to getting sunshine first thing in the morning. I'll just share a couple of them right here. But first and foremost... When your eyes are exposed to sunlight first thing in the morning, it triggers a cascade of hormone production. And 
these are hormones that are going to make you feel happier, make you feel more awake, make you feel more focused throughout the day. And so it's really important to start that cascade of hormone production in the morning. As I started to do this consistently, I noticed that I definitely had more energy throughout the day. I definitely just felt happier throughout the day and I felt like I could focus better. I know we sort of have it driven into our heads. The sun is bad. Stay out of the sun. It's going to damage your skin. But if you're getting out in the sun for five minutes in the morning and maybe five minutes, 10 minutes at lunchtime, 15 minutes in the afternoon, it's not going to be enough time to cause you harm. You don't need to lather up in sunscreen for those quick little bits of sunshine and they are going to have incredible impact on your health. So in conjunction with this, what I started to do because I was working from home was I actually set a timer that would go off every hour on the hour. And it was a reminder to get outside and move for five minutes. So I know that this is not going to be super realistic for everyone out there, but maybe it's something where you set a timer to go off three times a day, once in the morning, once at lunch, and once in the evening to remind you to get up and move. But mine would go off every hour and I would just stop what I was doing, get up, go outside, and then set a new timer for five minutes and just move, literally just move my body however I felt like moving for five minutes outside in the sun. And again, this just made a huge impact on my energy, but almost more importantly, my mood. I think when you're sitting at a desk all day long in the same position, not really moving, not getting sunshine, not getting that blood flow throughout your body, it not only does it physically make you start to feel bad, you start to get shoulder pain, back pain, whatever it is. We as humans were not made to do that. We were not made to be indoors, not moving all day long. And what really inspired me to start this habit was I was reading a book by Dave Asprey. I'm pretty sure it was his Game Changers book. I'll make sure I link it in the show notes. But he talked about how we're we're in this time where we're all encouraged to exercise, but it's really this sort of, you know, get your exercise in once a day or three times a week and you're good to go. But he really points out that from an evolutionary standpoint, that's not how it was. We weren't, we weren't exercising really hard for an hour and then just sitting for the rest of our day. It was actually kind of the reverse. We were moving all day long, gathering food, traveling, hunting, and most of it was very low intensity movement, just walking And then maybe you'd have a burst of high intensity here or there if you needed to run to hunt down the deer or something like that. So he points out that really the best thing we can do for our bodies is to switch the focus from trying to just kill ourselves for an hour in a hard workout once a day to just getting simple movements in throughout the day. And again, speaking from someone who has done this, I'm telling you, I feel 1000 times better when I move for five minutes every hour than if I just sit all day and do an hour workout at the end of the day. What I also noticed from this was that my day, my work day went so much faster because 
every hour I was getting up and I was moving for a little bit. It helped me sort of reset my energy, get back into it. And then I'd sit down to work again. And before I knew it, that alarm was going off to get out and move. And so I'd stop and I'd get out and I'd move and I'd get my sunshine. And before I knew it, the day was over and I was just like, oh my gosh, wow, it went so fast. But also I felt good at the end of my workday, which is huge. And I think so many of us end a long workday depleted, aching, exhausted, ready to just tune out. And to be able to finish a workday feeling energized, excited, happy, fulfilled, ready for more is almost unknown to me. I couldn't even quite believe that's how I was feeling at the end of my days. I didn't know I could feel that way at the end of a workday. So again, incredibly, incredibly impactful. And like I said before, it may not be something that all of you can implement where every hour on the hour you get out and move, but it could be something that three times a day, four times a day, you're able to do this and it will really, really have a big impact on the way you feel, your emotions, your energy, your focus. Now, the other thing I want to touch on here with the sunshine is that especially that sunshine first thing in the morning, as I mentioned, it be, it's, kicks off this cascade of hormone production. But one of the very, very important hormones in this kind of cascade is serotonin. Now, we do think of serotonin as the happy hormone. But the key thing here is that serotonin is actually a precursor to melatonin, which means if we don't produce enough serotonin during the day, we aren't going to have enough to produce adequate amounts of melatonin at night to sleep really deeply. And so in doing this morning sunshine ritual, as well as getting out in the sun throughout the day, I noticed that by default, my sleep got so much better. So even if you listen to nothing else in this episode or you don't implement anything else, I really, really encourage you to try implementing the sun exposure first thing in the morning. So that means as soon as you are up and the sun is up, get outside in the sun for try, try to aim for five minutes at least. I know some people are awake before the sun is up, and if so, that's fine. As soon as the sun is up, just pop outside for a little bit. And maybe you're even using that outdoor time to do a meditation or do some gentle stretching, do some journaling, whatever it is. There's a lot of ways to get ourselves outside. Maybe it's drinking your morning cup of coffee outside instead of inside. So get creative, but I really, really encourage you guys to try this and I think it's going to have a huge impact on your energy, your your mood, your focus, and definitely your sleep. So I'm kind of giving you guys these habits almost in a chronological order of how I would implement them throughout the day. So for me, after I would get my sunshine in the morning, I would do my journaling, which I know this can be overrated for some, everyone has a different way of doing their journaling, but for me, especially with the incredibly high emotions of 2020, with COVID and with all the personal things that were happening in my own life, my journaling kept me so grounded and also so present to my emotions. It helped me not repress my emotions and just pretend they didn't exist, but rather get them out. 
But there was a really specific way that I was able to hone in on what those were. So along with some of the other things I would do during my journaling session, I would always start by asking myself two questions. What is my body telling me it needs today? And what is my spirit telling me it needs today? And what these two questions helped me do was to really tune in, to take a moment to pause and feel what my body was feeling and then listen to what my spirit was telling me. And so, you know, for an example, one day it might be, you know, today I'm feeling in my body achy in my joints. I'm feeling really tight. And so what that would do is inform what I was going to implement during the rest of the day. So maybe on a day where I was feeling super inflamed, kind of achy, really stiff, I would make sure to do maybe something like a Pilates or a bar workout that would get my blood flowing and then a really long stretching session. And then for the inflammation, maybe I would take a certain supplement to help with that or do an infrared sauna session. So I don't ever like my days to be exactly the same because each morning I wake up, I'm different and I'm going to need different things that day. And so I find that if I say, okay, I have to do this, this and this every single day, it just, it, it doesn't feel good because I'm not going to need those things every single day. I'm not going to want those things every single day. But I found that when I tuned in and basically said, body, what do you need and want today? And then I made a point of giving my body those things. I felt so much better. I felt so much more fulfilled rather than just doing something to check it off the list. And it was a similar thing with asking myself the question of what is my spirit telling me it needs today? So this was really a practice of saying, okay, what, what, are, what am I feeling? What are the emotions that are coming up for me today? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling excited? And if so, why? What might be the underlying causes of that? If I'm feeling particularly anxious one day, maybe that means, okay, I'm going to need to really get rid of some of the external stressors and maybe it means I'm going to need to do two tapping meditations today or maybe I'm going to need a really long walk later to just be in my thoughts and not have any other notifications or calls or stimulus. I say it fairly frequently that life comes in ebbs and flows and I feel like, at least for me personally, I never look at anything as a permanent thing in terms of what I'm doing, supplements I'm taking, habits I'm doing, um, things I'm consuming, whatever it is, I know it comes and flows. So I never feel that need to put this sort of pressure on myself of you have to do this every single day, this exact specific thing. I try and keep it much more broad. I try and keep it things like, I know that movement is important just in general. So what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to sit down and tell myself I need to do an insanity workout every single day? No, it just means that movement is sort of on my list of things to do each day. And so today, if I wake up and my body feels totally depleted, my movement might look something like a really long walk or a super gentle yoga class. And Tomorrow, if I wake up and I feel energized and excited and ready to go, I might do something like a more intense bar workout, whatever it is. And so give yourself permission to be flexible 
with what you're doing and maybe switch it to things like, okay, I need movement every day. I need good nourishment every day. I need good social interaction every day. But give yourself permission to make those things look different each day depending on what your body, your spirit is telling you it needs. And speaking of exercise and movement, this is was a really, really big thing for me. I, I've kind of been talking about this a lot the past couple weeks on my social media because I am in a phase where I am not wanting and not needing and really just can't do super high intensity exercises or workouts. They leave me feeling completely depleted, no energy, like I need to go take a nap, like I can't do anything else. And coming from a background of playing competitive soccer most of my life, playing in college and then playing pro in Spain for a while, I'm used to four-hour workouts and feeling like I need to kill myself (laughs) at each workout to, to actually think that I did a good job and am keeping myself fit. But after my fifth concussion, I officially retired from the competitive sports and I just finally had the space to tune into my body and my body was basically screaming for me to just calm down and slow down and so I I kind of had this epiphany of just like I don't want to run ever again even as I was thinking that I knew in the back of my mind well you know maybe in three years four years five years I'll want to run again and that'll be great but right now I have absolutely zero desire to run So I'm not going to force myself to run. I'm going to find other things that truly make me feel good and make me feel happy and energized at the end of my workouts. And so the other aspect of this too was that I started having really bad hypothyroidism, which was mostly caused by really severe adrenal fatigue, which is actually something I'm still working on and is kind of the basis of why these really high intensity workouts are so depleting for me. And especially for those with adrenal fatigue or who are extremely anxious or stressed all the time, really intense workouts can be actually very harmful for us because our nervous system is already taxed. We're already producing too much of certain hormones and we don't need any more excitement or taxing things happening to us. And so... It was really beautiful for me to just listen to that. Now, this was really back in 2016, actually, when I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm done with hard workouts. But I also, like, I was recovering from my concussion. I had hypothyroidism. I had adrenal fatigue. So there was a two-year period where I didn't work out, literally did not work out outside of walking around. But... I definitely came into a place where I was like, okay, I'd like to do, have a little more structure. I think I'm ready to start exercising again on a regular basis. And, and then I saw someone share that they were doing workouts from this woman called Melissa Wood. And maybe some of you have heard of her. If not, definitely go check her out. I'll make sure I link her in the show notes, but I just found her website I found her exercises incredibly healing, but also amazingly impactful. Most of them are bar workouts, Pilates, yoga, a combination of the two or three. And then she also has actually many meditations. But 
it was 10.99 i think for a monthly subscription to have access to all of her workouts which i after doing the week trial i signed up for and it basically it replaced everything else nothing she does is super super high intensity she might have a you know she they, her workouts can definitely get your heart rate up but she has all different kinds of exercises and for me they were exactly and still are exactly what i am needing and she has a huge collection of different workouts that you can filter through so anyways i strongly encourage you guys to check out her website again she does have a seven day free trial no this is not sponsored she has just made such an incredible impact in my life that i'm sure many of you could benefit from her exercises as well but that was a big thing this year or i guess last year was finding a type of workout or a type of subscription like melissa wood that just worked for me now. Again, it's so easy to get stuck in the mindset of, okay, I, well, I need to do a super hard workout. So I'm gonna do insanity or this or that, but I don't like it. I dread it every single time. I'm dragging my feet. I never wanna do it. When I'm finished doing these workouts, I actually feel awful. I feel depleted and drained. And so if that's you, I strongly encourage you to look for something else that makes you feel good at the end of it, that you get excited to do. And again, for some of you right now, that might just be a nice long walk. For some of you, it might be nothing if you're really dealing with some severe health issues. For others, it might be something like Melissa Wood. Or for some of you, if you are feeling energized, and ready to go an insanity workout or a hit workout might be perfect but the point is that we all need to tune in with our bodies and where we're at today to say what's going to be best for me today what makes me feel good today so i know i've done a workout that was a little too intense for me when i finish it and i don't feel good i feel depleted i feel like i don't have any more energy and so that's when i know okay i need to tone it down a little bit my body's not quite there yet there is a big difference i need to just say this between doing a workout that was difficult and leaves you feeling sore the, the melissa wood workouts definitely leave me feeling sore and like oh i got a good workout in and there's moments where i'm like oh one more rep i'm it's so hard but when i'm finished with them i feel like i have more energy my mood is better and i feel like i can go throughout my day in a better place so there's a huge difference between doing a workout that challenges you in that way and then doing a workout that is so hard and taxing on you personally that you just can't do anything else afterwards or you don't feel good afterwards. So just ask yourself, are the exercises I'm doing depleting me or feeding into me? And if they are, what can I find? Just go on a hunt for an alternative. Jump on YouTube, peek around, try a bunch of different people. Don't get discouraged if you don't like the way a certain person talks or this or that. There are so many resources out there that I promise if you commit to finding what works for you, you will find it. Now, the second to last thing that I want to touch on is tapping or tapping meditations. Now, I just wrote an entire article on what is tapping or the emotional freedom technique what are the benefits how do you do it it's up on my website so i will make sure to link that in the show notes but 
In short, tapping is where you are with your fingers, just gently tapping on specific meridian points on your face and upper body. And again, you'll have to read the article if you want like a really, really in-depth look at the science behind it. But in short, what it does is it halts the fight or flight response in your body. And I kind of stumbled across tapping and started doing these guided tapping meditations by the Tapping Solution app. Again, all of this will be linked in the show notes, but there was such a tremendous impact from doing these tapping exercises that once I started it, I didn't even look back. I mentioned this in my previous podcast episode of just how I'm not really an anxious or stressed person by default, but in 2020, I really found myself having high, high anxiety, just sort of running in the background all the time, which I was not used to. And it really started to deplete me emotionally and physically. So I'm so grateful that I stumbled across this tapping technique because I feel such a tangible difference when I start a tapping, if my anxiety is at a 10, usually by the end of it, I'm down to like a three, sometimes a zero, depending on whatever it is. But it became an incredible resource for me to use, not just you know in the morning to start my day or the, in the evening to prepare for bed, but it really became something that I would go to anytime I was feeling overwhelmed or stressed. So it might be like in the middle of a work day, if I just was getting super stressed about a certain project, I'd just pause and I'd go do a 10-15 minute tapping meditation and it would just clear my head, recenter me, stop that fight or flight response, bring me back into the stillness and then I could go back to it from a much, much calmer place. Or if I was, um, something that actually happened recently was I was recording podcasts all day for another podcast that I will be hosting soon five hours of podcast recording. I was leaving straight from that recording session to have friends over at my place. And I was just exhausted, didn't want to be around anybody. And so I knew if I didn't do something, I was not going to show up in the way that I would want to show up to with my friends. And so I actually texted my friends who were coming to my house kind of at the same time. We were both going to show up at my place at the same time. And I just said, hey, you're more than welcome. Come right on in. I'm going to be alone. I need to take 15 minutes to myself to reset. I'm exhausted. Do some tapping. And I did. I went into my room <laughs> and my friends were in my house and I just sat there alone doing a tapping meditation. And it, again, just completely brought down that anxiety, brought down that those feelings of overwhelm, those feelings of exhaustion and helped me reset so that I could really show up and be present with my friends and not just feel completely depleted. So another thing I highly recommend you guys check out, you can read that article that I wrote. I'm sure you can search for tapping meditations on YouTube. Again, I use the Tapping Solutions app. I just find it really helpful because they're guided tapping meditations on very, very specific topics. So Sometimes in the morning, I'll do a tapping meditation for energy. And at night, I'll do a calm my racing mind tapping meditation. But also 
if I have a really bad headache, they have tapping meditations for headaches. And again, I find them incredibly impactful. If I'm doing it for a headache and I have a headache that is a 10, by the time I'm done, the headache is either gone or significantly reduced. So incredibly impactful. There's actually a lot of science to back up the effects of tapping or emotional freedom technique. So definitely encourage you guys to check it out. Now, coming into the last thing I'm going to talk with you guys about today is sleep hygiene. This has been sort of a hot topic recently. Even just the term sleep hygiene is fairly new. But what that means is making sure that you're doing certain things or not doing certain things as you're preparing for bed and during sleep that are going to really dramatically improve the quality and duration of your sleep. Coming back to Dave Asprey's book, Game Changers, he also talked a lot about specific sleep hygiene things that really kickstarted me implementing these in my own life. And again, having seen just how dramatically they improved my sleep, I will never go back. So there's actually a couple things that go into this, and I'm just going to briefly touch on them. But of course, um, if you guys want to learn more or you have more questions, you can always message me on Instagram, send me a message through my website. I love hearing your questions. So first is actually one that I already mentioned is getting that sunshine in the morning. And as soon as I started doing this, I noticed that I was sleeping much deeper at night which again comes back to the fact that now my body was producing enough serotonin for me to make enough melatonin to sleep deeply. But another big, big thing that dramatically affects sleep is blue light. Now, I know there's so much around blue light. Is it good? Is it bad? Blah, blah, blah. I actually also have an entire article on blue light, why we need it, but also how it can be harmful for us in certain situations. Um, it's very in-depth article that I'll make sure is linked below as well if you want like the super in-depth <laughs> into this. But in short, as humans after sunset, we would never really be exposed to blue light after dark. Pre-electricity, the only type of light we were really exposed to would be light from candles, which in a candle, there's no blue light that is going to inhibit your sleep. So the real, the biggest issue with this is that when we are looking at something like a computer screen or a cell phone screen or a TV screen or even have our LED lights on in our home after the sun has set, it is telling our brain that it's daytime because our brain doesn't know, oh, it's dark outside, but it's light in here. So it must be nighttime. All it knows is I'm getting blue light, which from an evolutionary standpoint means it's daytime. And so that actually stops the production of melatonin and keeps the body trying to produce the hormones that will keep you awake and alert. So once I started getting really, really specific about eliminating or blocking blue light after sunset, it was like my sleep went to the next level. So this can get really, really in depth. And again, I talk about a lot of this in that article. And I know it can seem really overwhelming for people to implement all of this at once. So that's not what I'm saying to do here, but just start with one thing. So, but I'll give you the big picture of what I do now. After the sun sets, 
I actually have a lamp in my room that has a red light bulb because red light does not inhibit melatonin production. And so I turn off the regular lights in my room and I turn on the lamp with the red light bulb so that I can still see, but there's no blue light inhibiting my melatonin production. Now, it's still hard, you know, especially in the winter when the sun might set around five o'clock. Obviously, it can be really difficult to not use computers, TVs, cell phones. So there's some really specific things I do for each of those. On my cell phone, I have set up in my settings a way to turn my screen a dark red. What it does is it significantly reduces the blue light in the screen. It actually looks a little creepy if someone were looking at it because the screen is super, super red. And I can send anyone a link on how to do that or you can just Google how to turn my phone screen red and I'm sure you'll find plenty of resources on how to do that. Now, if I'm on something like my computer or I'm walking around in the kitchen, which I don't have these red light bulbs all throughout my house, it's just not super practical, um, or I'm wa- I wanna watch TV, I have blue light blocking glasses that are amber tinted. So what that means is these these glasses specifically block 100% of both blue and green light because green light can also stop the production of melatonin. But then the glasses are also tinted with this really dark amber tinting. So it helps create the illusion to your eyes and your brain that it's dark outside. I found this super, super helpful. Again, you know, it's not practical to put red light bulbs in all your, in all your, lamps. Um, the other people in your home might not be trying to optimize their sleep like you are. So the amber tinted blue light blocking glasses are super helpful to just throw on and then you don't even necessarily need to worry about the blue light as much. And they're also really helpful for when you're traveling or you're just in a different place because of course more often than not, if you're traveling and you're in a place that you, you're not able to optimize your surroundings, it's a really easy way to protect your melatonin and protect your sleep without having to do anything too intense. It might look silly, but I promise you when you start reducing or eliminating your blue light exposure after sunset, you are going to sleep so good that you don't even care what you have to do. You're going to want to keep doing it. So I will include a link to those blue light glasses that I use. They're my favorite. They're lab tested to block out 100% of red and green light. I don't really trust the ones on Amazon because who knows what's going on with those. And then the final thing that I would do here to really help improve my sleep was to eliminate any light in my bedroom while I was sleeping because Dave Asprey mentions this in his book, Game changers, and this has been mentioned by many, many people, but blue light, even while you're asleep, can inhibit your melatonin production and just disrupt your sleep or make it so that you're not sleeping very deeply. So there's a couple ways you can do this. It can get really tricky because, you know, for example, I have a humidifier that I run at night and it has a really bright green little light that's to show you that it's on. But that little bit of light actually creates a lot of light in the room when it's super dark. And so even things as little as that can reduce the quality of your sleep. 
So I actually bought little red circular stickers or black circular stickers that I would put over those to make those dim or if they were shining through the red sticker it would appear more as red light and wouldn't disrupt my sleep in any way. I'll make sure I link those in the show notes too because those are just a super easy thing you can get but again can have really profound impacts on your sleep. Now, the last thing that is really, it does tie into this is that I actually bought a sunrise simulator alarm clock. Now, maybe some of you have heard of this, maybe not. This for me was a game changer in how I feel when I wake up because what it does is slowly over the course of 30 minutes, it starts to brighten its light. So it'll start turning on the light brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until it reaches the time that you're supposed to wake up. And then it also has really gentle music that starts off very, very faint and then gets a little louder, a little louder, a little louder over the course of that 30 minute period. But this is super huge because waking up in a dark room, there's nothing that is sending a signal to your brain that it's morning, especially if you black out your room like I do. There really is no light coming through the windows to wake you up in the morning. And that's a huge part of getting that brain to turn on. But along with this, I absolutely hate getting jolted awake in the morning by an alarm clock. It is awful. It literally starts me off with a panic and probably a huge rush of cortisol, which I am I don't appreciate. It doesn't help me. So the fact that this light gently wakes you up with actual light so that when you open your eyes, there's brightness in your room and the music comes in so gently and softly that there's never you're waking up really gradually so that by the time the music is at full, you know, full volume, It's not jolting you awake. Your body and mind have actually been slowly waking up over the course of the past 30 minutes. And I'm telling you, I will never go back. I will never use another normal alarm clock ever, ever again. Like I said, you do not need to start your morning off with that kind of panic. (laughs) So I find it incredibly gentle. I wake up, I see the light. And again, my eyes just start to open. I feel my brain becoming conscious slowly over time rather than just like this one moment of an alarm ringing out and suddenly like you're in a deep sleep and then boom, now you're just awake. So again, I'll link it in the show notes. I did mention a couple products, so I'll make sure all of those are linked. But yeah, those were really the most, some of the most impactful things that I did during 2020 that truly were game changers. And so I'm so excited to be able to share those with you. I hope you found some of this helpful. If you did, please consider sharing it with someone who could also benefit from this information. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. It means so much to see all the downloads and you guys listening. And of course, send me a message, take a screenshot if you listen to this so I can say thank you personally. And with that, I will tune in with you all next time. 